0: And now, your host, multi millionaire, national award winning investor, CEO, and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley.
1: Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley. And as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Today, my friends, I want to discuss year end accounting, which is never that much fun. One of the considerations that comes into play at the end of the year is where you're going to end up with taxes. How much income taxes do you owe? Now, most people have jobs. You pay it in as you go each month or each paycheck. They take a portion equal to what you will need to have saved away. But what I want to do in the beginning here today, I want to start all the way back to the very beginning because I don't think people really, truly understand how powerful taxes are in your financial planning situation because they they make all the difference in the world. Winning or losing tax strategy each year can be a, can make you or break you as far as how you did for the year in many, many cases. Now, there's an old joke that I used to give in my seminar all the time. I heard it from somebody, and it's a true story. Once you get to that point, it says, how many people in here think they pay too much for income taxes? And everybody in the room raises their hand. And then you go, how many people paid in $400,000 last year? And nobody raises their hand. And you say, well, I don't think you have a tax problem. I think you have an income problem. Now, what is meant by that little joke? Well, if you make a million dollars a year, you're paying 40% income taxes. That's pretty much what your tax rate is. And that means you owe $400,000. So if you didn't pay in $400,000, then you didn't make a million bucks. And the real question comes down to in the argument, which would you rather have the tax problem or the income problem? In my case, I'd way prefer to have the tax problem. I have no problem paying in $400,000. If I made a million, just let me make 10 million more. And if I make 10 million more and I have to pay 4 million in, then so be it. I don't care. And That's how it grew. As my income grew year after year after year, I put more and more and more into taxes. But that's just the way it is. It's a part of the business cost. Now, having said that, there's ways to lower your tax burden. And there's many, many ways to lower your tax burden. But most importantly is the purchase of real estate investments. Um, One of the things you have to look at is you say, well, there's really no lowering your tax burden. There's only deferring it. Well, deferring it can be deferred in a couple of different ways. And I would suggest to you the worst way to defer income taxes, which is, to me, dumb as a rock. Let's just think about this. I'm going to show you how stupid this is with an example and see if you're smart enough to see the example makes you look stupid. Okay? Boy, that one didn't make a lot of sense, did it? Here goes. You have been told to put your money in a 401k in an IRA because every amount that they'll allow you to put into that account, you do not pay taxes on. You're deferring it to the time you take it out, correct? Well, if that's a good idea, which it's not, and I can go into a thousand reasons why it's not, and I do in my seminar, but I'll cover some of it today. If it were a good idea, then more of it would be better. Makes sense. So, Bobby, I'm going to cut off one of your fingers. We're going to call it a tax. And Bobby goes, wow. But if I let you do it and I control the operation, you'll cut off just the tip. And the guy goes, that's right. If you let me if you control the situation, we'll cut off just the tip of your finger. That's it. Bobby goes, wow, that's such a great thing. Instead of cutting off my whole finger, yeah, we're going to cut off just the tip. We're going to defer cutting off the finger for 30 years. Well, you know, just to have the finger for 30 years is going to be very beneficial. So let me ask you a question. Well, such a, such a good deal to cut off only the first digit of my finger, can I have all of them cut off? Now, that's dumb as a rock. But let's talk about it you have a 401k and they want you to put money in and you want to put in as much as you can because the one more dollar you put in there is one more dollar less that they only cut a part of your digit off you're still paying social security and medicare on that dollar you're still paying taxes on it so they cut off a little teeny part of it the rest of it they're going to put in that account and leave to cut it off later when you get older but here's the even worse part of it if you put that finger in that account and only let them cut just the tip of it off You can't use the finger ever again until you take it out of the 401k because you're deferring the income. The IRS is saying, look, we're we're not going to charge you taxes on money we're not going to let you have. And by the way, you don't have any money in your 401k. You think you have money in your 401k, but you don't have any money in your 401k. Try taking it out. As soon as you take it out, they'll take not only the taxes plus the penalty. Tell me how much money your 401k paid you in the last year, or two years, or three years, or four years. Way back when I was still working in corporate America, had a job that paid, I believe, about $70,000 a year. That's what I lived off of. That's what I planned my life around. So when I uh, decided that I had to get out working 12 hours a day, six days a week wasn't working for me, and uh, I'd lost a lot of money in the stock market. Not all my money, but a lot of money on Black Monday. I decided, you know what, I got to find something else. And I looked around franchises. I looked at, you know, you name it, stock trading. I just looked at, well, I actually did stock trading. That's why I lost all my money. So so, what I'm saying is I got to the point where there was, there needed to be a massive change. And I found real estate and I started looking into it and I found good ideas and bad ideas and filtered through them, came up with the, the concepts that I use today. Of course, way more refined than what they were back then. But my first initial start was just buying houses, single family houses, renting them out. What was interesting, though, that I did not, did not realize when I started was I thought I was going to pick it up and I was going to start picking up some cash flow. I didn't really see, envision how easy it was going to be to retire on this stuff. So I bought my first house and only made $220 a month positive cash flow. But I only had to put $2,500 down, so it was 100% return. I mean, it was unbelievable. Um, after I bought the first one, the broker came back and said, we we want to buy any more, and I said, yeah, I'll buy three more. And I bought three more within 30 days. So I bought one, took 30 days to close it, I bought three more. So within two months, I had eight, four houses making $880 a month positive cash flow. Um, at this point, I realized back then my my house payment was on a little 600 square foot condo i lived in it was only like 425 dollars a month and my car payment was only like you know 250 300 a month and i realized i had just covered two of my largest bills and i thought to myself wow i don't ever have to pay those bills ever again need a new car get a new car put it on payments boom house payment for the next 30 years boom covered if i want another house i just move to a different house sell this one get a new payment discovered it. Boom. My house payment, and my car payment were covered for the rest of my life. And it just sort of really struck me. I said, you know, I went to school and I would have gone to school longer. And we, people go to school and they learn all this stuff to make enough money to be able to survive. And you then realize with within 60 days, I'd covered half to two thirds of my bills. So I I said to myself, I started calling it chunking. I said, I need some houses to pay for my utilities, my gas and electric bill. I need a rent house that can pay, you know, for my gasoline rental, you know, gasoline for my automobile and insurance for my automobile. I need another rental house that can uh, pay for my clothes, one for my food. And I just sort of chunked it up and said, okay, I think about eight or 10 houses I can retire, which would have been 2 $1,200 a month at $220 apiece, let's say 10 houses. And he said, well, how can you retire on $2,200 a month? And that's what today's conversation is about. You don't realize how much you're paying in income taxes. And you don't realize you're paying taxes on money you don't even get. So let's talk about the taxes. The first and most devastating tax that you can pay out there is something called Social Security and Medicare. And you don't even think about it. Social Security and Medicare are 15.3%. Now, you are only paying half of that if you work for an employer, and your employer is paying the other half. So for you, that would only be like seven, let's see, 7.1% or something like that. But that 7.1% that comes out, now it used to only come out of the first X number of dollars. Now it goes all the way up. You can't get out of that. Even with real estate investing, you can't get out of that. You can't get out of Social Security and Medicare. That is cradle to grave. Take your money. If you make it, they take it. Now, it's even worse if you're self-employed. Because if you're self-employed, you're paying both sides of that. So now you're paying 15.3% of everything you make. Right off the top. Forget about income taxes, right? Forget about income taxes. If you pay yourself any money at all, Or if you're self-employed and you have any income uh, at the end of the year on your income statement, your tax return, you owe 15.7%. Now, interestingly enough, in self-employment issue, it's even worse than that. Because in self-employment situation, they will not let you just take your money out and call it like, you know, capital gains or cash flow or earned income. Um, So like... I own companies where I take my money out of the S corporation and it's not considered payroll income because it's not payroll income. Um, I don't have to pay social security, Medicare on it. You, if you own your own business and work in your business are going to have to pay that now on lifestyles where I do seminars and I do radio shows for them and I pay myself a salary, I have to pay social security, Medicare on that salary. Okay. So if it's payroll, now, if you had a company and you didn't take any payroll, they would force you to take payroll. Unless you're in a situation I am where I work for one company. I own all these other companies. I don't work there. I have no job description in any of them. So I don't have to pay Social Security and Medicare for those companies. And rightfully so. That's a legal thing. It's not illegal. I'm not skirting, you know, tax issue. I'm not doing anything super smart. I just don't work for those companies. I own them. And so whatever income comes out of them comes out as earned income, but not as employment income. So they don't pay Social Security and Medicare. You, on the other hand, you haven't figured that out, and you work for the company that makes you money. So you're a welder, and you have a welding company. You're a painter. You have a painting company. You're a plumber. You have a plumbing company. Uh, you're a delivery driver. You have, you're a landscape company, and you work in the landscape. Whatever it is, you end up paying Social Security of 15.2%. That's devastating. Right. Uh, I mean, it's just really hard for you to understand how much that is. The next thing you pay is income taxes and income taxes are anywhere from zero. If you make no money to 15 percent, if you make a little money, 33 percent, if you make normal money and up to 40 percent, I think it's 42 percent, maybe even 43 now um, percent. If you make a lot of money, I'm in the lot of money bracket. So I pay the 42 percent income taxes on the money that I end up owing tax on. So the next segment we're gonna talk about here is how do you overcome earned income that gets taxed through income taxes? That's the next segment. We'll be right back with the Dell Walmsley Radio Show.
0: to creating the lifestyle you really want. Keep listening. The Del Wamsley Radio Show returns in moments.
1: Stop waiting, stop sitting around, stop procrastinating. This is your time, make it happen. Do it now. When's the best time? Now. People go, well, I don't know. It's gonna crash. <laughs> it's gonna be better next year. It's, I've gotta listen to four more classes. I love guys come up to me and tell me, you know I've been listening to you on the radio for eight years now, right? <laughs> I go, and you're not rich yet? <laughs> well, really, I'm thinking about joining next month. <laughs> Do it now. Learn the skills you need to retire with real estate in five years or less. Do it now. Register for the Lifestyles Unlimited free online workshop. LifestylesUnlimitedWorkshop.com
0: You're hearing the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Want more life-changing knowledge? Access our podcast and listen on demand at LifestylesUnlimited.com under the radio tab. Now your host, Dell Wamsley. Welcome back
1: to Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Today we're talking about the devastation of income taxes, Social Security, Medicare taxes, state income taxes, you name it. They're out there and they're getting it. They're going to get it unless you know what you're doing. And your ability to understand taxes may or may not keep you from retiring. Uh, So we're going to go now and we're talking about how to get out of paying income taxes. Well, one of the first things I learned is that when you buy real estate, the income that you earn from it, number one, is not earned income. It's considered passive income and because it's considered passive income, you don't pay social security, and Medicare taxes on it. So you're boom, that's out of the way. Even though it's your own business, you own this real estate business, you're not paying social security, and Medicare. Number two, you don't pay income taxes or as much income taxes because of something called depreciation. So what the IRS lets you do is the belief system is this, you're going to buy this piece of real estate and some period in the future, it's going to be worthless. It's going to depreciate down nothing. Well, Instead of taking that loss at the very end, when you sell it for nothing, what they'll let you do is depreciate it each year and bring its value down on your books and use that as an offset against your income. So we call this depreciation. Now, if it's done correctly, the depreciation can cover your earned income from the real estate investment. To which case you'll pay no taxes, no income taxes. You already don't pay income tax or you already don't pay Social Security and Medicare taxes. But if the depreciation is done correctly, you will not pay income taxes. Now, I've told this to people for 34 years now, and uh, countless thousands of people tell me, Well, I have a CPA, and they don't say anything about that, they don't use it. There are many, many reasons for that, one of which would be the saddest that their CPA really doesn't understand it and uh, doesn't even try to use it. Uh, It's legal, totally legal. It's been used for 100 years. I've been using it, you know, for the last 34 years. And it's no big deal. Everybody that's in real estate has any brains at all uses depreciation to cover their income so they don't pay the taxes on it. Now, what kinds of things can stop you besides having a bad CPA? Well, the way you did the real estate transaction can make all the difference. Let me give you an example. Let's say you have uh, a million dollars worth of real estate. And that real estate uh, depreciates over 27 years. So you get like $2,700 worth of deductions. And you've got this real estate paid in full. And you're making good money, maybe $500 or $1,000 a month. So you make... You know twelve thousand dollars but you only have two thousand five hundred dollars worth of deduction Mm -hmm. by the way let me check that out here i just didn't think that through very well i want to make sure it's right uh calculator if we have one million dollars worth of real estate and we only get to depreciate about 85 percent of that after you have to take the land off because land doesn't depreciate so we end up with 850 and then we divide that by 27.5 years which is residential real estate's depreciations uh we're we're Depreciating thirty thousand dollars a year. Let's say we're paying five we're making five thousand dollars a month, and by the end of the year we've made sixty thousand dollars, but we only get to write off thirty thousand. So we would not pay income taxes on thirty thousand of the sixty thousand we or 50, yeah, sixty thousand we earned. But that's not the way you should do it. Instead, what you should have done was taken the million dollars and bought what would be twenty percent down on Uh, Instead of a $1 million worth of real estate, that would be 20% of $5 million worth of real estate, I believe. And uh, that $5 million worth of real estate would have five times the $30,000 deductions, so it would be $150,000 worth of deductions. And you would have this income. Now, you would have less income per building, right? Less income per project, or less income overall per dollar of value, but... You would have more income because you're leveraged out further. So instead of making sixty thousand a year, you might now make one hundred thousand a year or one hundred and fifty thousand a year, but you now have one hundred and fifty thousand a year deductions. So you could make up to one hundred and fifty thousand a year and pay no income taxes on that money. That's why leverage is so important, and people don't see that. People don't want leverage. Everything they've ever heard, is dumb as a rock from every stupid person you've ever met in your life about money, by the way. I only put $2,200 down on each house, guys. So it was all leverage. It was all mortgages. And that's why I only made $220 a month cash flow. If I would have put more down, I would have made more. But. I was in the situation where I want to put the least amount down because I didn't have very much money left after the stock market crash. And secondly, I want as much leverage as possible so I could get the most deductions. Hence, coming out of that situation, the first 10 houses, I had, didn't have to pay any income taxes on that money pretty much. Um, the other thing I found out as you grow larger, when you buy larger pieces of real estate, you can do something called cost segregation. And cost segregation is really accelerated depreciation in the real estate format world. That accelerated depreciation anywhere from doubles to triples the amount of depreciation you get in the first five years. And so you get massive deductions. And you say, well, what happens after five years? It goes down. And what after after seven it goes down a little more? And after, you know, 10 it goes down a little more. But by then you would have made so much money, you would have bought way more real estate, and you would have that accelerated to cover it. So as you go through this situation, now I'm looking at, all right, I'm not paying Social Security, I'm not paying Medicare, and I'm not paying income taxes. So how much does it really take to cover my paycheck? Well, I looked at it. And at the time, I was making about seventy thousand dollars a year, which is about fifty-eight thirty-three a month, five thousand eight hundred thirty-three a month. If I paid the seven and a half percent Social Security and Medicare, and I paid thirty-three percent income taxes, I was netting out about forty to forty-one percent in taxes. That left me only three thousand four hundred forty-one dollars left over each month instead of the fifty-eight thirty-three, So I was really only living on $3,400 a month and I found that to be true. Now, take out of that your insurance because you really, you don't realize this, but you're paying a portion of your insurance in most companies. Some companies not, but most companies are paying some for insurance. And what are the other deductions you have? Like I have a health savings account where the money you put in there gets spent on medical stuff tax-free. I mean, that's the best thing in the world, man. If you don't have a health savings account, then you're making a mistake. So that's what I saw. But I looked at this thing a little further and said, man, wait a minute. What if you're taking out 401k money? Because I was taking out like $500 a month for 401k money also and the insurance. So all told, I was only bringing home $2,500 a month. And I go, holy smokes, I don't need a 401k because every penny I'm making, instead of going into the 401k where I can't use it, I'd rather have it in my pocket where I can buy more real estate. So I dropped the 401k, right? And the insurance, I got off the insurance plan and went to a catastrophic plan and lowered my insurance costs. Uh, Because you know it's 20 20 some years old, you don't get sick. Now let's go one step further, let's talk about if you live in a state where there's state income taxes. State income taxes range from 7% to 15%. So I just took an average of 10%. So if you took my situation when I retired, I was paying half the social security the income taxes which brought me down to 3441 but if i had to pay another 10% in state income taxes that would have brought me down to 2858 and that's without a 401k or an ira or a 501 k payment or insurance payments so net 2858 if i were self employed uh, that would drop me down to 2449 a month so i want you to understand that's less than half you're paying 50 60% of what you earn in taxes if you live in a state that charges you state Income taxes. So there you go. You got to look at that situation and say, "But what if I earn income that's not taxed? What does it take to replace it?" Well, I told you, if I had ten houses at two thousand or two hundred twenty dollars a month, that's two thousand two hundred dollars a month, and so I had pretty much replaced my earned income with passive income. Now, after I figured out how easy this was to do, I then figured out that I had run out of money. And so for me to continue to grow, I had to go find a partner and I found myself a partner that was a dentist, uh, who had a practice and he just did not want to be out there doing it himself, uh, cause he had a very lucrative practice. And so to him, it was worth giving me, you know, putting up all the money and I did all the work and we split the profits. So we went out and bought 11 houses together and then a fourplex. So we had 15 units together. So you figure if it, the 15 units paid at least what my 10 units paid, plus half again, right? So that was, you know, $2,200. That'd be $3,300. If we split that, that meant uh, it was $1,600 $1, a month each. So now I've got another $1,600 a month to put on that 2200 And now I've got $3,800 a month tax-free. Now I'm bringing home more money than I earned at my job. So then I got with another partner. And we bought, um, 15 duplexes, 15 duplexes, 30 units, right? Uh, again, we use that 2000 or, you know, $200 a month for each one. That's $6,000 a month, uh, split in half, that's $3,000 more each. So now I'm making $6,600 a month after tax net taxes. Actual take-home cash flow, which was double what I was taking home from my job. Then I got with another lady, and she bought uh, three fourplexes with me and a house. And then we split that stuff. Uh, and then I bought a five duplexes with another partner, a couple partners, actually. And uh, that was like 10 units, and I owned half of that. So we've got you know another, and that one was making a lot of money. That was making $2,000 a month, so I made another $1,000 a month there. I think you can see within no time at all, within two years, I had accumulated to where I was making $10,000 a month tax-free. Uh, nowhere near did I make that with my job. And you can see why after two and a half years, I decided just to quit. Working 12 hours a day, slaving away, killing myself, right? Killing myself. And making, taking home a third of what I was taking home from my real estate. So if you understand the benefits of taxes, you understand the benefits of leverage, you can see that what you've been doing your whole life is ineffective compared to what you can do with just rental houses even. I haven't even got into apartments yet or anything large like that. Just rental houses was that effective for me. Now, there's one more stage here, and that is if you are managing your own real estate and you don't have a job. You are now a real estate professional. Now, there's way more definition to it to that. And you may not even have to quit your job. But most cases, you have to not have a job and be a real estate operator. If you're an operator, you're a real estate professional. Now, if you have excess depreciation, which I had at that point, anything you earn on an earned income position is now covered by the excess up to twenty five thousand bucks a year. So I could write off another $25,000 a year against the stuff that I was pulling out of my 401K. So it was taxable coming out of my 401K, but it was untaxed because of the excess depreciation I had. So I can only say this to you. The understanding depreciation is very complicated. Our seminar will take you to about as deep as you can get without being a CPA. Enough so you'll be able to go have a very, very... Clear-cut conversation with your CPA about how and what you can do with what you own and don't own, and then you can plan on what you should be owning so that you can earn tax-free income. And they say Dell's not really tax-free; it's tax-deferred. Yeah, I deferred mine and then redeferred it and redeferred it and redeferred it. And there's only a few times when I've elected to pay it, uh, and I'll go into that into another radio show. But in most cases, you just keep deferring and I'll keep deferring it till I die. When I defer it till I die, it goes away. My family gets my real estate and all those taxes I didn't pay just disappear. They don't have to pay them. That, my friends, is the way to pay taxes. Hope you had a great day. And remember, it's not the money, it's the lifestyle. See you tomorrow.